Don't think healthcare professionals have any business experience? Think again. No topic is off limits as we share tales from our brave hosts who will always tell it like it is. We are hashtag no filter healthcare. Here to guide you through your healthcare journey are your hosts, Taylor Dunn and Tamara Donda. We want to thank our sponsor, Uptime Health, the leading healthcare equipment and compliance management software company for bringing this podcast to fruition. Visit UptimeHealth.com to learn more. Let's get started. Welcome to hashtag no filter healthcare. I'm your co-host, Taylor Dunn. And I'm your other co-host, Tamara Donda. And today we are going to be talking about startups and how to go from a startup to a series A. <laughs> and this is also from a perspective of two employees, right? Of a company, um, because we know our CEO um, has a different perspective. And I think every CEO really does because you look at it from a bird's eye view down, but we're like actually in it. And so I think this would be, you know, kind of a unique perspective on, on growth and, and how to sustain growth too, because we're, we're all in the weeds. Right. <laughs> and, you know, why not start off in the negative, you know, like, cause that's my favorite thing to do. So hit them where it hurts. I'm just <laughs> so um, my first thing I learned um, working in a startup is uh, failure is okay. <laughs> and that's like terrible to hear, but it's so true. And I even remember our CEO telling me that he's like, if you can't fail, then this is not going to work out for you because this is pretty much how it goes until that day when everything clicks. And it's like, oh my God, like he was so right. He was so right. I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. So I'm not surprised at all. Like there's a reason that he's a CEO and founder, co-founder, but um, it was really hard to hear the first time, especially because yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist, but I've got, a, I've got perfectionism in me. You know what I mean? Like I have a little bit of OCD and I, I just need things to be a certain way. And if they don't work out, I feel like, you know, the world is coming down on me and, um, and it's not the case. So that was like the hardest lesson ever, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's so true. <laughs> it really is because, you know, you, you want the best out of everything that you're doing, especially when you're involved in all of the work too, though. Like, you know, the CEO sees it from the end, right? The end goal. They see how things come out and they're like, great. Right. And then we're like going back and forth, like, wow, this was like a lot of, you know, trial and error, trial and error until we got to that wow moment. And so, you know, it's just being okay with knowing that things aren't always going to go as planned. Um, and knowing that you're not going to be in the startup phase for a while, like it's not, it's not like you're going to be in there for years and years and years, you know, knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel where you're actually an established business, you have that brand recognition. And so, you know, coming from two people that have started from that and have gotten into this new moment has been amazing, but realizing like it took a lot of work and it took yeah. a lot of knowing that you know, being okay with, with the fact that mistakes will happen and that you sometimes can't control everything. So, and, and from that also learning to celebrate little wins, which I'm sure you've heard of, you know, people have heard that before, but until you live it and realize how important those little wins are, you don't get it. 
Like they, they matter so much and they can just bring up the company morale. Like you have no idea what those little wins mean because it just shows that, you know, the, the hard work, the effort, the time, the money, all of it is, it's paying off. Um, and you know, eventually those little wins turn into really big wins and it's like, this is what it's supposed to feel like. This is very rewarding. And, um, you know, you just love to be a part of it. And, you know, I was lucky to be part of what I'm, I guess the term I'm using here, I don't think it's a proper term, but the core team, I don't think that's the proper way to say it, but really just saying that like when I joined the company, um, there wasn't, you know, as many employees as there are now. And, and that's also hard. Um, it really depends when you join the company, but when you're starting off and there's not a lot of people on the team and you're trying to figure out like, you know, okay, um, this is what, you know, you, you have a skill set in, but you know, everyone wears a lot of hats at this company. So we're going to have you take on a couple other things too. And you have to be able to um, mold into that role and, um, you know, take on whatever you can with the, with the um, knowledge that it's not going to be easy and it, and it's okay if you don't know the answer to everything. Um, and it, you know, you're using the, the people around you to help you succeed. Like you all lean on each other in the best way and help, you know, influence change and, everyone is a problem solver. Everyone's passionate about your business. That's when you know you've really built out that core team effectively. Um, when you can look around the room and say, these are my people and I know that they've got my back and I know that they're here to be a part of the change that's going to happen and the success. So um, that's one of the first things I think that like from my perspective, I saw happening around me in real time. It was like, okay, join this company. It's pretty small. We're doing some really exciting things. I really believe in what we're doing, but we've got a, a road ahead of us here. Don't know how long that road is, but we're in startup world and we've just got to grind it out. And that's what we did. And now we are at our series A level and I'm just, you know, it's a completely different world we live in now. <laughs> yeah, and I think you can also take away, you know, things that you learned from the startup phase to kind of keep going into your like corporate lifestyle. So, you know, the idea of, yes, you have to wear a lot of hats and that's probably going to stay consistent just because, you know, the way that things are now, you kind of have to be well-rounded but also knowing that you're going to be learning a new skill set in the process. So taking everything is like, I'm going to learn something new today, I think is like so impactful because you can say by the end of the year, like, wow, working with this company, I actually made myself better, right? Like I was able to learn something new. Like I was never technical and now I'm super technical because I was thrown into a role that I didn't even anticipate, you know? So just knowing that like, Yes, it's going to be hard, but also the fact that you're going to be just making yourself better and more well-rounded and learning more new new skills. And um, that, to me, I think has been the most rewarding, you know, working with you guys. Um, I've learned so much since I started. So, Well, and finding those right hires, you know, it's not easy. It doesn't matter what stage company you are. <laughs> hiring or what is type hard. of company you are. What hiring is hard. It is hard. <laughs> Hiring is so hard. You know, it's, it's like, you're looking for that, that right person that's got the skill set. but 
I don't necessarily think that it's always important for them to have everything that you're looking for. As long as you see in them that they're able to um, be quick learners and grow into that role, um, that's a huge company asset because you're taking someone that's, you know, not only going to learn the skill set for that job, but is open to learning skill sets across the board. So they're always a helping hand and they're truly a part of your, of your company and, and building your brand. So I think it's a game changer completely. Yeah. And just being up front too, like when you're going through the hiring process, just know that there's another person at the end of that, you know, like coming from the person that's being hired, you know, like go in and ask the questions that you want to know about the company and what the role is going to be like, because I guarantee you most of the time the company doesn't know what questions you have. Like we can't read your mind (laughs) as much as we want to. So go in and ask those questions, you know, what skills am I going to learn? Like I'm, you know, I have have X amount of skills, but I would really love to learn this. You know, is this something that this role is going to kind of transition into because I'm really passionate about it? So find what you love and know that like every role out there, you know, it can open up to what you love to do. It may not look like it up front, but it will. If you're really passionate about something, the other company is going to see that. So I think from both perspectives, you know, think about it when you're applying for a company, ask those questions. And then also when you're looking for the right hire, you know, making sure that you are communicating with them too, that they're going to be able to learn and grow with you. And another thing that I realized, um, is I was, um, you know, I, I knew I wanted to work in healthcare my whole life. I always, always was passionate about healthcare, but I wanted to go into a different direction healthcare. I wanted to be um, patient facing. I wanted to be in the, you know, PT, OT world where I was working hands-on with patients. Med school. Yeah. (laughs) And I, and I started to trickle down that road and then, um, made a change to go towards the business world of healthcare. And when I got there, I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do with it. Um, I fell into accreditation. Um, then I, you know, fell into this amazing opportunity with Uptime Health and and what's great about startups, and it's it's not always the case. Like I said, take everything we say with a grain of salt. You know, it's not always going to be your experience, but from our experience, my perspective, um, I have learned that I have the opportunity here with a startup to find out what I really like to do and what I want to spend my time doing and my career doing. I was afraid of marketing. (laughs) I'm okay with admitting that. I was really afraid of it because marketing is a beast. Uh, If you don't realize that, you're kidding yourself because it's a beast. I Kudos to anyone that ever does any sort of marketing because it's just something that you either hate it or you love it. (laughs) And I was unsure, so I was afraid of it. That's where I was sitting. And um, when... Our CEO came to me and was like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna have you doing some projects, and some of them are you know marketing focused." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's hilarious." <laughs> um, and I did not know what I was doing, and I was researching and trying to learn so much. But um, what I forgot was I have a team around me that is willing to help me learn, and thankfully, I had that support and. Then I came to terms with the fact that I'm not going to be able to learn everything I need to 
Um, I'm not going back to school for this. I don't have the time to sit down and read about all of this and teach myself. So I need someone to come in that can take this and run with it. I, I know what I have a vision around. And that's also something I learned about myself is like, I like to be um, at the strategy level, at the idea level. I like to think through some of the things I want to produce. But when it comes to the design, that's not my forte. Like I cannot do it. Um, when I look back at some of the social media posts that I created, I cringe. Like I just, it, I can't look at it without laughing. Oh, I, I die laughing. I'm like, I thought this looked good. That's hilarious. <laughs> so it's just, um, it's kind of night and day where we've come from, you know, when I realized I needed help. Um, so that's another thing to kind of take away is like, understand when you need help and when, you know, you're not able to grow your skill set any further <laughs> because I realized this is it. I now need someone to step in and take the rest over for me. So, right. It's not about doing everything, right. You know, I think the self-awareness piece is really important, you know, look within, like what actually makes me happy throughout the day? Like, I actually did this exercise once where I wrote down a list of things that just made me happy that in my work life, right? Of course, you know, my personal life is obviously different, but in my work life, I wrote down like what actually makes me feel good doing. And I wrote down flyers and, you know, logo designs. And I just kept going down and I just kept thinking, okay, what do I really like out of the things that I do every day? And the things that I didn't, I realized, okay, I can find somebody that has that skill set that enjoys doing those things that I don't like doing. And I can delegate, you know, and, and give that person that, that freedom to be able to pick those things to do because it makes them happy, makes them feel fulfilled. So I'm not bogged down by the workload of something else that I don't feel gives me the satisfaction, right, in my professional life. So I suggest all of you take down a list, just write down everything that you do for your job and then start thinking about and rating even what of those things that you actually really love to do. And if there are areas that you're like, okay, well, I don't really necessarily love this. It doesn't give me that, that, you know, uh, feeling of, of happiness or joy in my work life. Well, start thinking about that and start talking to your CEO and tell them, be open about it, be transparent and say, look, I'm really good at all of these things, but there's these two things that I just, I can't get my head around. I'm not really technical or I don't have a design background. I need to find someone that, that can work alongside me or even someone on my team, my current team now that can help assist me in these two areas because I do feel like they don't, they don't give me that, that work-life happiness. So, um, just take a note of that, you know, write it down and try and figure out what, what makes you happy because the things that make you happy in your, your day to day are the things that you're going to be the most successful at. I've noticed, at least for me, like when I put out a good flyer and I feel good about it, I send it to Taylor and she's like, wow, I love this. This is so cute. And I'm thinking in my head, like I totally had that same idea when I did it, I felt good about it. And I knew that when I sent it to Taylor, that it was going to have that same reaction because it was something that I put my heart into, you know, and it was something that made me happy. And while I was doing it, I really enjoyed it. So, you know, I think you're going to be really good at the things that you really love to do and just trying to figure that out and delegate, you know, and don't be afraid to delegate either. Yeah. And keep that communication line open. Um, you know, 
admitting that you are not great at everything is hard for a lot of people, including yeah. us two here. We're, we're yeah. not great at everything. We want to be, right. um, but it's a reality. You have to, you have to, um, you know, do something about, you can't just let it sit there and, you know, eventually it's going to turn into failure for you. Right. You're literally setting yourself up for failure. If you sit there and tell everyone I can do everything, I can manage all of this. And then you can't, um, yeah. that's the worst thing you Happens can do. Happens to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying we haven't done it. I've, I've done it. I think I, I had that problem today. So. Yeah, it's like, you know, we think we can do it all, but you know, mm-hmm. we forget life gets in the way and, um, you know, we've got things, our own internal challenges, whatever it may be just admitting in that moment, I need help. Um, or I can't do this, or this doesn't bring me joy as, as Tamara was saying, um, taking that step back and looking at everything you do um, is really just, I mean, it really can benefit you from your mental health perspective too, because that's something that I've had to do recently as well. I didn't necessarily um, make a list, but I kind of just like took a a look at what I did um, in general. And I just kind of was like, what what's, what, what are my focus points? What do I want to spend my time, my day doing? And I had to sit back and realize, you know, I am managing all of these aspects of our company and I have amazing teams surrounding me. I need to let them be free to do what they want and trust that it's going to happen and step back a little bit. And that was, a you know, for me, um, eye-opening because that has changed how we are functioning as a team. Um, and it's been a really great change across the board and not, not to mention that all of this, by the way, is happening remotely, (laughs) which is crazy, but it's like the way of the world now. And it's, I mean, I love it. I, I wish, you know, sometimes that I had an office because it'd, it'd be nice to pop in and have a chat with my coworkers, but I do that, um, virtually I'm always on the phone with someone. So um, I'm still getting that connection. I think it's it's tough sometimes remotely. So, you know, one thing that our company has really benefited from is um, trying to send different people to conferences. I know this doesn't always work, but what works for us is we will send like, you know, someone from our operations team that is talking to our clients all the time. We're going to send them to a conference where we know they're going to meet a lot of our clients and they're able to be there and build those relationships, but it's also letting them be with their coworkers. So like remote working, um, especially in startup phase where you're like, everything is on fire all the time. (laughs) It it gets lonely. It gets stressful. It's hard. And so making sure you're calling your your colleagues, your team members, um, when you have those moments of feeling like you are suffocating because just everything's going wrong at once, I mean, it has really um, changed my life because I actually depend on my team to be my full support in those moments. So when we talk about company culture and we were just, you know, discussing wins and how they kind of play into, you know, the morale of the group, right? Like it's so uplifting. And one thing that our CEO did, which I really loved, is that we have Slack and we use that for our day-to-day communication. If you don't use it, you need to come up with some sort of communication day to day if you're working remote, especially because 
everybody's doing a thousand different things. And if you can't connect with each other really easily, it's, it becomes very difficult. So Slack is kind of my like grade A product. Um, and when we're in Slack, he actually created a channel called Wins, which is really great. And in there, you know, the, the whole entire company has access to it. And we're all putting things in there that, you know, is successful throughout our day. It could be a deal that was closed. It could be even just uh, Google rankings. You know, we, we went up in, you know, five keywords whatever it may be, you know, you're able to track that throughout the day and, and feel like you're a part of the team because you're seeing the win and you're feeling the win, even if it's not your own. So it's just really fun. I would suggest doing something like that. I also created a channel in my own Slack called break room. And in there, it's like a break room. You, you know, you have that feeling of like, oh, I'm going to get water and I'm going to talk to my friend about something funny. And we send each other memes and, you know, reels and things that are funny throughout the day. And it just makes you feel like you're in that comfy environment, even remote. So, you know, if you guys are an all remote team, I definitely suggest having something like this in place so that your, your remote team can feel like they're a part of an actual like in-person team. And I think on top of that, you know, we also do a all team meeting every month. Um, originally, this was to be just for like leadership to get together. And then we realized we need everybody here. Like, what are we doing? This needs to be for everyone in the company because um, we don't get that opportunity where we're, we all have some time blocked off in the day ever where we're all together to talk and and just see what's going on high level across each department. And it's actually changed um, our mentality, our culture, because we realize that we all have something to give to each other, regardless of what department we're in. Um, you know, I can have an idea and I can go to our development team and they will appreciate that idea, maybe sometimes they're like, you know what, can you just like not give us more ideas? We've got a lot going on, but <laughs> they will appreciate it because it's like, okay, I get why that's important. Or I, I understand where you're coming from and we will definitely put it on our list, you know, or we'll get after that right away, whatever it is. But um, just having somewhere where, you know, you guys are having a monthly meeting with everybody. And I know that's not realistic as you grow, we are growing a lot at our company. We see multiples. <laughs> it's like the Zoom Zoom meeting with a ton of squares and everybody's yeah. popping up at once. Mute everybody. You know, yeah. if you have a big team, it's totally okay. Nobody needs to be, you know, off mute. Um, but it gives us a chance to really collaborate and see where right. other departments are. You know, we had a previous episode where we talked about how sales and marketing need to be connected and talking to each other. That goes across all departments. Like, getting involved with your development team, even, you know, you would think that, oh, I don't need to talk to them. They're just, you know, putting together a product. They're putting together the product that you're selling. Like you got to learn, you know, about them and see what they're doing day to day, try to connect with them. And having these all hands meetings, is just one meeting, right. That everyone can be present for and can, can see what the whole team is doing without having to go back and forth on Slack and ask people, you know, I think it's, it kind of uh, is a way to not interrupt somebody's work day too. So we suggest definitely having some sort of, you know, meeting in place that you guys can all connect and, and it ends up being really fun too. You know, we always talk about our day to day and anything that's going on. We've got kids in the video, dogs, like, you know, it's not just any ordinary work meeting because we get, it's a remote environment. So 
Yeah, it's a great time, actually. We always uh, have something to laugh at. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just a nice uh, way to engage the entire company. So, I, I mean, we try to do it. It's successful for us. So we're just here trying to push out as much information as we can about our experiences. And hopefully everyone listening can take something away from it. But um, we really appreciate everyone listening to us go on and on about, you know, what we what we've gone through through the startup phase. And now we're on to our Series A and things are definitely changing at a fast pace, but in the best way possible. And, um, you know, if anyone ever has any questions, we're always available via LinkedIn. Just reach out to us. Um, we'd have be happy to, you know, share our thoughts. So um Thank you, everyone, for their time listening in. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast or comment below if you have any questions for us. Thank you.